and welcome to the Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan, I'm following the recent meeting of the National Fodder and Food Security Committee meeting last week. I'm joined by Chagas Head of Dry Stock, Pierce Kelly, to get an insight to the steps farmers can take in the weeks ahead. Pierce, you're very welcome. You presented at the National Fodder and Food Security Committee meeting last week. What were the main outcomes discussed? That food committee was uh, pulled together last week by the minister and the purpose of that was really to look at emerging issues that are coming in the industry in terms of feed and fodder and fertiliser and fuel and other inputs and really to develop a con- some contingency plans and for, for that committee to be able to advise and assist farmers in managing their farm enterprises through a period of high input price inflation and what other pressures might be going on in industry. So the purpose of the meeting really is what advice really can we give farmers uh, to, to work their way through the coming weeks and months uh, in terms of the, these high input prices. Pierce, with the current cost of fertiliser, farmers are questioning what to do, particularly when it comes to growing crops of silage for the first cut. What advice do you have for listeners? Yeah, so I suppose the first thing to say is that um, in terms of feed and fodder, we're not in a crisis yet. And it's important to say that, you know, if you talk to farmers on the ground, they're in pretty good shape in terms of the amount of fodder the majority of them have still in store and that the winter didn't start. We're lucky that the winter didn't start for for a lot of people uh, till a little bit later than normal. Hopefully, if weather starts drying up now, we'll get out and there'll be some, some feed there. But I suppose the worry we have is that people maybe haven't done um, maybe enough thinking or planning in terms of their first cut silage. And when people go in to buy fertilizer um, and they're faced with the fact that, you know, it has gone up by uh, not percentages, but multiples. Uh, since they bought fertilizer last, which would have been last summer for the vast majority of people. And for some people on the dry stock side, it would have probably been this time last year, especially around silage, since they bought fertilizer. And, um, you know, it's gone up significantly in price. And um, what we want to make sure is that uh, people who are, when they are making the decisions on what fertilizer they're going to put out for this year or what silage they're going to make for this year, is th- they still bear in mind that what feed they, they need, they, they, they're going to need in this back end. Um, so we're trying to avoid a crisis, if you like. We're not there and hopefully we won't be there. Um, but we're, the advice really is, you know, sit down and do your sums and work out, well, what fodder will I need in this back end in terms of what, what stock do I still have in the, in, in the farm? Do I still have bales left over or pit silage? And, you know, and encouragingly, some people do and a lot of people still do. So how much of that? Um, but, but work out how much you're going to need next year. And, and build into that fodder budget a little bit of a buffer and maybe an even bigger buffer than normal because the the other apart from fertilizer going up in price what we're already starting to see now is quite significant um, jumps uh, coming in the in the in the grain prices so feed rations could be could be dearer this back in the war in previous winters and if that's the case some people may decide not to feed as much meal as normal but if you, if, if you don't feed cattle the same amount of feed as you normally feed them well then they're going to eat more fodder so you have to build that buffer into your into your silage budgeting so it's it, it this is going to be tough on people in terms of the cost um but what we're saying is that it absolutely pays to grow grow grass to make silage compared to the alternative which is to feed meals 
um, or to go out and buy fodder. Um, and, you know, we don't know how much fodder will be available later on in the year for loads of different reasons. And we don't know what price rations will be this back end. So you need to bank that they are going to be dearer than normal. How much dearer, we don't know. Um, so you may not be feeding as much meal. So just build those couple of little calculations into your silage um, silage. Uh, plans in terms of how much silage uh, am, I, am I going to need to grow in the coming months and, and then the only way to grow silage on that unfortunately is, is to put out the fertilizer and for the most people part the advice we're giving to people is put out whatever fertilizer you normally put out for silage the cost is one thing but 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 the worst possible situation would be is that okay to save money now um and and you know there are cash flows issues with that but to save money now but to be short of fodder later in the year um uh, won't make sense what impact is the fertilizer going to have for the year ahead when farmers are applying fertilizer to grazing ground peers and what should they consider yeah, so that's the second part of this, uh, Catherine. I suppose our, our immediate concern is that is the silage one to make sure people start putting plants for next year. But then, then you're rightly so say about grazing ground. So you know there are there are ways of reducing uh, fertilizer on grazing ground and putting in alternative plants, and we can go through those in a second. But but I suppose again the same story on the grazing ground is that if people don't don't make alternative plans and just just basically put out less fertilizer than they normally did, but don't make any other changes. Um, then they're going to grow less grass in 2022 than they did in previous years. Now, where some people have got their silage over the years is by as as they grow more, as they grow grass, and if they grow a lot of it, they they are a little bit surplus. They take it out as round bales and surplus bales, and that we're we're probably going to see a lot less of those this year. Um, so there won't be the same ability to, to pick up surplus bales if people are putting out maybe only 60, 70, 80% of what they'd normally put out on grazing ground. Um, but there are other things you can do. Um, you know, one of the big things, one of the low-lying fruit on a lot of dry stock farms is, you know, uh, reduce the number of grazing groups and put in a few more divisions, even if they're only temporary divisions, and get cattle off of, off of grass after two or three or four days uh, so that it has a long rest period rather than set stocking where, you know, cattle are grazing maybe a same field or a paddock for a week, 10 days. Um, we've seen time and time again where in demonstration farms where we've got people to put in paddocks, even temporary paddocks, they, they immediately grow an awful lot more grass for, for the same amount of fertilizer that they've been putting out. Um, the other the other big switch that a lot of dry stock farms will have to make this year in comparison to other years, a lot of dry stock farms are used to putting out compounds. There might be, you know, the most common one over the years would have been 18, 6, 12. People moved away from that, probably moving back to a little bit now, but a lot of people are putting out these low PK kind of you know grazing um fertilizers and that and can based fertilizers well, well they're very 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 expensive from a per unit of nitrogen um the dry stock farmers traditionally have been slow to move to urea our advice in the past was urea wasn't suitable for spreading in the summer months mostly because volatilization that but there is protected urea there now and we've the, the results are really encouraging from the protected urea all the work has shown that it's every bit as good as can um, um, and is actually even a little bit more efficient from a nitrogen point of view than, than urea, ordinary urea, and can be spread all year. And on a per unit of nitrogen cost compared to can-based products, significantly lower price. So while you, you, you might have to, if you want to cut your fertilizer bill, we'd say, you know, move over to those protected urea products um, to get a much, much better bang for your buck. 
And there have been over 20 spring beef grass walks happening across the country, Pierce, during the month of March. And I suppose soil fertility was highlighted again and again at the walks. Does lime have a role this year above any other year at this stage or when should it be applied? Yes, yeah, the old story there, Catherine, that, that of all the fertilizers, lime is the cheapest one. And the, the, the only way lime will go up in price this year is because of diesel. So it'll be the person who's spreading the lime might have to charge a little bit more because of the cost of diesel. But lime itself has not gone, you know, the cost of the lime itself per ton is not going to rise. Um, so that's, 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 you know, if someone has fields there that they have identified, and it's important that they identify if they do need lime, because the last thing you need also to do is put out lime where it's not needed. You could do more harm than good. But, you know, if you have soil samples there and they're showing that there's a lime requirement on the, that on, the, on those fields, um, you know, you will get a, an immediate response from that. And it's, it's the first thing that should be done before people look at, you know, P's and K's, and that is get the lime status right. And, and you know, it's been a late year for putting any fertilizer out and a lot of people still don't have any slurry out. So there is still an opportunity for people to go out and take soil samples there on fields that haven't had P and K and, or any slurry on them in the last uh, three, four months. And if, if, the, if that's the case, then they, they don't go take the soil samples. See, is there an opportunity there with, you know, a percentage of your farm in all likelihood uh, needs some level of lime. With the current market, farmers are questioning, should they sell weanlings, should they sell stores and even sell cows to help with cash flow? What would you be advising? Yeah, so it's a good point, Catherine. So on the cow one, what we'd say is this is a, you know, beef prices, I suppose the one positive that we're seeing there at the moment is that we're seeing a really strong beef price. And all the market indications are is that from what we can see coming down the road, you know, the next couple of months at least, beef price is likely to remain strong. So is this an opportunity maybe to, to clean up your house kind of, you know, and say, well, okay, listen, there's certain cows there that are maybe not as productive as other cows. Um, could I could I maybe uh, cull those this year? Maybe there are cows that are consistently late calvers or they're, they're given problems or they're, what, they're, you know, docility is an issue um, or they're just giving you some, whatever issues over the years. And bring in, by all means, bring in more replacements then to replace them and have have them calving down this time next year instead but take the opportunity maybe to fatten those uh cull cows a little bit earlier uh get them out of the system um, and take some of the pressure off in terms of the demand for for grass in the back end of the year uh, and and have a replacement heifer an extra replacement heifer coming on on those on the store one and on the weanland one yeah listen that's that's one i think we're going to just have to play by year and see how the year is going in terms of demand and that um, we'd be very slow to, to to panic people at this stage in terms of the back end of the year. Who knows what way this is going to turn out? Um, I think people need to, there's there's a good beef price there at the moment. We'd like to see more people taking advantage of that, and especially in the first half of the year, there are bigger numbers of stock due to come out in the second half of the year. We do know that. Um, but again, all the indications are at this stage is that the beef price is holding up and is likely to hold up um, in, in, into, into the second half of the year. Um, so we'll just have to play that one by year, I'd say, um, Catherine. Farmers are busy calving and looking after livestock, but there's no doubt stress levels are increased on farms due to the rising input prices and the concerns over cash flow problems that you've highlighted. What steps could farmers take now to try take action? 
Yeah, yeah, very good point again, Catherine. So, I mean, the, 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 probably one of the biggest things that causes stress on farms is, is, is a certain level of procrastination and worrying about uh, the unknown and worrying about what ifs and down the road. And we're saying really, you know, put a plan in place for the next couple of weeks and next say, month, six weeks to begin with in terms of, you know, fertilizer for getting out for grazing, getting stock out and, and, and planning your silage so that at least that worry is gone. So the stress of worrying about will it be able to make enough silage for the back end of the year and the big thing here is cash flow obviously so you know put a plan in place in terms of what do i need to to uh, um, put out for fertilizer to make enough silage next year what's that going to cost under the new cost regime that's there now compared to previous years and unfortunately it's going to be significantly more than previous years but then what you need to do is stand back and look at that from a cash flow point of view and say well how am i going to pay for that fertilizer um, and and put a plan in place in terms of that and and that's 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 a big part in terms of making sure you know people do a cash flow budget there for the next couple of months to see you know what are the important things and we'd be saying the silage is the, is the big one and then talk you know in terms of there's the, the from talking to the banks and talking to the different um, credit institutions and that you know the message there very clearly said to us um, at the committee on Friday was there is money there. There is ab- There absolutely is money available there for farmers. The debt is at one of its lowest levels um, in, in recent years on farms. Um, overdrafts are at one of their lowest levels. Deposits are actually at one of their highest levels. And they're, what they're saying is there is finance there available. And if farmers need that finance, come in and talk to them and, they, you know, they put a plan in place. And, and really, that's a big part of the, the whole stress story is that if you have a plan, um, it might not be the most palatable plan in the world, but you do have a plan and, and that you, you, you put that plan into action and you act on it rather than worrying about what ifs and what might happen and what could happen down the road in the coming weeks and months. Um, if you have a plan um, and then stick to that plan and work towards it and, and talk to your Chagask advisor, you know, that's what they're there for in terms of do a fodder budget, do a fertilizer budget um, and do a cash flow. Um, and I think if, you know, if you're, if you're worried, the advisor is always there at the other end of the phone or to come in and have a visit or a chat or a call out to you to, to do those. And those would be the three things we'd be saying. What's kind of immediately, immediately is, how much fodder do I have in the yard? How much do I need? How much fertilizer will I need to put out on whatever area of silage I'm closing up? Um, and cash flow in terms of how am I going to pay for this a cash flow plan? There's a wide range of help available, as you highlight, peers, particularly from the local Chagas advisor, merchants and financial institutions. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and make use of those. That's what that's what we're here for. Um, pick up the phone, ring someone. And if the person at the end of the phone can't help you, they will absolutely know someone that can help you. Thanks very much, Piers. Thank you, Catherine. That's all for this week's episode, and my thanks to Pierce for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie, or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our Beef program, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan, and thanks for listening.